0: Welcome to Rick Radio Community News Desk podcast number 14. I'm Jennifer Gannon. Now, we just have to apologise at the start of this because uh, we, there was a delay with this week's show. Just as we were about to broadcast on Monday, we received notification that our interview about the Water's Edge drama group, their play, The Inspector, um, wouldn't actually be going ahead uh, this week and it was postponed due to some of the cast being ill so we wish them a speedy recovery. The play has been rescheduled for Tuesday the 4th, Wednesday the 5th and Thursday, October 6th so your tickets will remain the same for each of the nights. However, if you want to get a refund you'll be able to by contacting Waters Edge directly. So later in the programme, I'll be talking with Superintendent Tim Burke about community policing and crime prevention. But first, our urban gardening presenter Tobias Gunning caught up with gardener Angela Deegan recently to talk about her current projects.
1: So, hi, we're here, I'm here like I'm sitting, uh, we're sitting in at the Liffey there at the, the East Link Bridge and uh, I'm here with Angela and uh, we're looking out at the, the river and and it's lovely and warm and it's really kind of sunny and, you know, Angela's going to tell us a little bit about her uh, planters. She's come up with a sustainable uh, solution for catching water and uh, she's also kind of quite a keen gardener and, and has a, like a garden at home that, that kind of, she grows a few bits of pieces. So I'd be really kind of interested, Angela, to hear uh, what you're up to these days and, and what kind of little side projects you're working on and what you're growing and how does that fit into the whole kind of urban gardening and health and kind of well-being? Does it, does it align with those kind of ideas? Well,
2: um if I can step back just a little bit. So um I'm from Drumcondra and mm-hmm. I'm back living there now after living in America for twenty five years oh, wow. in California. So the the climate was very different there of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I um over there I got really into um planting, you know, gardening with native plants. Nice. So I got really into that, yeah. Like and what
1: would be kind of native what kind of plants specifically? Um,
2: um, let me see. There were all sorts, lots of sages, buckwheats. Oh, wow. yes. Yeah, oh, lovely. Like Edibles. Yeah. So. Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't really get time to get into that. But I was starting, yeah. for the last couple of years, I was starting to plant bulbs. And some of them would have been edible. Okay. And, but I didn't get to, you know what I mean? I, I sold my house right about the time when, you know, they. it takes a few years for them to establish. And, yeah. So, yeah. Another one of them, actually, is a soap plant that Native Americans used to use. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, so wow. I would have loved
1: to have been able to. That's so interesting.
2: Yeah, like, so I know, I, I know,
1: I, I know that like from fruit trees and stuff that they'd be similar they take a couple of years before you start getting any kind of fruit off Yeah, them.
2: yeah so um, I did see some of the bulbs uh, come up in the spring last spring but uh, yeah the bulbs multiply so um, anyway but I made the decision yeah. to move back here I, um, and uh, I don't regret it I,
1: yeah so, so how long are you back in Dublin now? Uh, since May of last year lovely, lovely yeah so going on a year now so this is your second summer?
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: and have you made much progress in the garden this year
2: well it's my mother's garden so
1: I don't have like you know carte
2: blanche to do whatever I like but what I am trying to do is encourage her um, to uh, leave some of it well she already to be fair to her she's fairly forward you know Thinking. Yeah. Um, she did um, leave the very back wild, and I'm pretty sure we have like badgers or something there oh, because lovely. you can see oh, it's brilliant. a huge back garden. Yeah. I mean, my mother and father moved in there in 1957, so wow. you know it was a time when things are very different. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, indeed. Indeed.
2: Um, yeah, our neighbourhood has changed a lot now. Um, yeah. It's yeah. So um, anyway, they're huge gardens. We're very lucky, and so I try to you know remind her how lucky she is to have, and she knows she's lucky to have such a big garden. But you know, to, to I encourage her to allow some of it to go, more of it to go to wildlife,
1: and less to maintain that way. because yeah. it's, it's, it's a big job, kind yeah, of maintaining a garden.
2: Yeah, because that's actually a problem. Is that um, you know the grass when you've got all that huge lawn, it mm-hmm. needs to be cut. And yeah, and I don't want to use a petrol mower. You know. Yeah. Um, so why is that now? why because yeah. they're extremely polluting yeah um, not only from you know the point of view of greenhouse gases but also like for your health like the, the particulates so and the wildlife yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. Um, so you know it'd be nice if uh, I could use a. so I think looking into electric mowers but then I'm like it's kind of nuts to be buying an electric mower that you use like three, four times a year.
1: Expensive, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So then I was thinking, well, I wonder could I do um, a bush mower? Yeah. And then, but the thing is, that would be more feasible if I had, if more of the stuff, if more of the lawn was gone and it was wildflower, you know? Although wildflower, I think you're still supposed to cut once a year, but that, you know, might be more doable than you know what I mean. And what's the advantages of a wildflower meadow? Like what's because there? um, there's a biodiversity crisis along with the the climate crisis. There's a biodiversity crisis. And um, what does that actually I'm not, mean? That actually means that um, an awful lot of and I'm not very good at remembering statistics, mm. but an awful lot of species are going extinct and yeah. they're just disappearing, mm-hmm. like um, like the bees. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think Ireland has something like. Um, people tend to think of the honeybees, but yeah. Ireland has 90 species, I think, of, oh, wow. of um, solo bees. So we've got the bumblebees,
1: and then we've got um, solitary bees. them big yolks that make loads of noise when they're yeah. going around, and they start. <laughs> you hear them bouncing off the window and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah them guys. Yeah, yeah the they're fuel far I'm not, now. I'm not an expert, but but uh,
2: yeah. So
1: there's not so many of them around nowadays.
2: Well to be honest with you I'm not sure exactly which species are going you know which are which of the yeah. species are the ones that are going that are declining but like I remember I heard some really shocking statistic about birds it's something like 70% of the bird population has, oh, has so gone yeah. since the year I don't know 1980 or yeah and we
1: live we've near, lost 70% of our birds population yeah. and we live near a wild, a wild a bird sanctuary down there in, in Ringsend Park oh, I didn't know that yeah and uh, we have all the Canadian goose oh, geese that yeah, fly yeah, around yeah. and they'll be heading home now next yeah. month in May yeah so so going back to the gardening yeah so so the, the Mazars garden like you're looking after yeah, that so you're letting a little bit of it grow wild. Well,
2: so what I um, my sister is very into into uh, wild um, gardening too, and uh, she only has a small garden, so she but she knows a lot, so she advised me to put in um, to dig up the space that I want to convert from lawn into wildflower meadow, yeah. and dig it up and put in wild um, yellow rattle seeds. So what, what that does is um, so when you've had a lawn you know it's it's kind of aggressive and you know the roots are
1: yeah like underlying roots um, well, very hard to dig up,
2: yeah. Well, you don't necessarily want to dig those ones up because they're dandelions very are very for you. good for, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're it,
1: very good for you as well. I used to make, I used they? to big dig up dandelion roots with my dad, and we dry them out and make coffee out of them, oh. grind them down and make coffee. Yeah, they're anti carcinogenic as well, yeah,
2: interesting, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so what the, the, the mm. yellow rattle does is, um, and it's finally, I sold them last, and, and you want to get them from an Irish supplier or a local supplier if possible, um, and um Uh, So, yeah. So I dug up the area. It was very hard work. (laughs) I didn't have the right tools, really. So I think that's what made it harder. And um, because you have to have bare soil in order for the yellow rattle seeds to be able to actually germinate and all that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So... the reason you want to do the yellow rattle first is it sort of is parasitic on the roots of the grass. Okay. So it oh, helps to kill the grass, yeah. yeah. Because if you don't do that first, if you just plant a wildflower, you know, a, a, a collection of various wildflower seeds, they probably won't do well because the grass will just come back. Oh, that's
1: really interesting. Yeah, so now, the, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. you just kind of broadcast these seeds down and and, and see, wait and see what happens. I didn't realise you had to clear them. Well, you the, might have
2: some luck that yeah. way, but you're not going to have as much um, yeah. Look, yeah. So so, sure. so yeah you have to get, the, the, get it to bare soil and now I'll be honest with you a lot of the grass has come back but my, yeah. in the last week mm. I've seen the little lots of little oh, cool. yellow rattle seedlings yeah. and it's wonderful yeah so Lovely. so they should flower in the summer and um, then I'll collect some of the seeds and I think I'm not supposed to mow until, you know,
1: obviously after they've set the seeds yeah, and sure, all that. So, sure, So, yeah, I'm
2: excited about that. Okay, and,
1: um, interesting. Yeah. And, and I know from when we were talking the last time um, that you were, you had this little side project on the go where you were you were, had kind of been working with these planters that actually catch all the rainfall yeah. that's coming off the roof. Can you tell us a bit about that?
2: Yes, I can. Um, Brilliant. So, I went to um, a workshop. So, I didn't come up with this idea myself. It was. Um, yeah. I'm not sure who did, but I know I learned about it through the Rediscovery Centre in Ballymun. Okay. They had a workshop uh, given by Dublin City Council. Um, I think it was John Stack of the Dublin City Council. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an initiative to try to, um, you know, keep our our waterways clean.
1: Lovely. Because Very what happens, admirable.
2: Yeah. What happens is... Um, when there's a very heavy rainfall, our uh, sewage system, I suppose it is, uh, gets over overfull and it overflows into the you know we right? know Just all that over, down yeah, in yeah, the instant, yeah you know so, yeah we're so, living with it yeah, yeah. so this rainwater yeah. planter idea is to um, and I think actually Ireland is is going to be fined if they because of EU laws
1: they are so currently being fined yeah by yeah, the EPA okay yeah. okay
2: yeah so yeah you know, so there's a few reasons a few motivations behind the Dublin City Council doing this, you know, they don't want to be fined and <laughs> yeah. and it's the right thing to do, yeah, right? of course, to, to, sustainable yeah, solutions, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so this workshop was teaching you how to um, build rainwater planters cool. and the source of the water for these planters is the rainwater because you use the water that comes down the gutters, you know, into the gutter yeah, system. Yeah. So you tap into the gutter system and then Brilliant. you, the idea is you're supposed to build um uh sort of, a, you know, a, a box with yeah. a planter that's big enough to hold the biggest, you know, volume of rain that could, that downspout, you know, yeah. could, could, could possibly, could predict, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, pledge, yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's not, it's not that complicated, you know, you just calculate the, the area of the roof drained by, you know.
1: And we were talking about, like mm-hmm. I was telling you, I live in the flats next yeah. door to the, the Ringsend Northtown Community Centre who kind of hosts this uh, podcast and I was telling you about the pram sheds in there, and, yeah. it be, and it sounds like you know, we'll have to go in and have a look at them one day. It sounds yeah. like they'd be an ideal place to build those.
2: Yeah, those, now is those... there a downspout there? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to because actually, that's one of the things that, um, I don't know. Since I've moved back to Ireland, I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting about around by bicycle, I don't drive. Um, you're all about the sustainability, yeah, yeah I yeah, am, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. well, I, I drive my mother's car now and then when she needs yeah, stuff from the, the yeah. needs, <laughs> needs to taste, yeah, yeah, but um.
1: Yeah, sorry, what, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, uh, the planters, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. They sound, and, and what kind of materials are they made out of? Well, you can make them out of wood, that's probably what
2: we're, we're hoping to get. Um, and I'm working on this with a lady called Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, she has her own uh, business um, called Understory. And I hope to speak to her, yeah. you yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's really nice. Um, so she lives down in, she used to live in Rings End actually okay. for a year or two. Oh, wow. Well. And uh, now she's down in uh, Greystones. And tell me, is the is DCC funding these
1: planters? Well, we did
2: apply for a grant yeah. from LawPro, which is the uh, Local Authority Water uh, Program, I think it stands yeah, for. Yeah. So, but whether we get the grant or not, like, she and I both really want to do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I shared the idea with her because I, I sort of knew her background and stuff and thought she'd be interested. And, the uh, great
1: work. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, it's the great work, like, you know, yeah. coming up with stuff like this, you know. Yeah. Like, any sort I think any sort of recycling or kind of sustainable kind of environmental solutions to to you know I mean water's our biggest resource and, and we just let it run off the, the roof of the shed into the ground it's yep. quite a waste you know yep. and yep. you know even to put it through to put it through a planter it's it's recycling it's recycling it's filtering the water and it's just it's just so cool well it'll
2: it, in, with these planters the idea is that it'll you know help you grow lovely flowers it's and a, you know and yeah, plants, plants and, and it's, a pity we couldn't, it's
1: a pity we couldn't put a little tap on the bottom Bottom and then just use it as a filter and then drink the water when it comes out the bottom. That would be even cooler. Yeah, like I, a <laughs> reverse osmosis water yeah, filtration yeah, system. Yeah. Well, okay. listen, listen, Angela, we're, we're kind of on the time. Like oh, we're up okay. to 12 minutes already, you know, oh, okay. um, and, and this is just a really a, a short soundbite, but yeah. like we definitely look to get you back and, yeah. and kind of tell us as the project develops oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and speak to us a bit more because I have to say you're well to knowledge about this kind of stuff and it's really, really interesting chatting to you. I'm sure the listeners are going to love love so. uh, hearing, so. this, hearing about this. <laughs> (laughs) So listen, thanks a million.
2: And I'll probably see some of your listeners around the community. You will indeed. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) brilliant. That was Tobias Gunning talking with Angela Deegan. If you like the sounds of that, you can catch the next episode of the Urban Gardening Food and Wellbeing podcast with Tobias on Friday, June 3rd at 12 noon.
1: You're listening to the Community News Desk on Rick Radio.
0: I'm joined now by Superintendent Tim Burke and we are here just to talk about tips for safety. Tips for safety, uh, especially coming in to the summertime and crime prevention. So you're very welcome. Thank you very Um, much, Jennifer. And in general, do you you think there, obviously with holidays coming up and people actually being able to go away for the past, which they haven't been able to for the past two years, people are leaving their homes. Is there now an emphasis on getting people to, you know, re-go through the steps of, actually safety when going on holiday or leaving the country or leaving their premises, really. Uh,
3: Absolutely, Jennifer, Uh, irrespective of COVID or not, and the people coming back to getting used to normal life and and getting the opportunity to go on holidays, it's very important that all of us uh, be mindful of securing our property, whether it's our homes, apartments, our bicycles, our cars, uh, all of our type of our various types of property. So it's very important that um, we take certain measures to make sure that it's safe, uh, when we leave it so that when we come back that it's hopefully intact. And that's our overall aim to make sure and help people with that as well in what we do in the guards. We obviously are involved in dealing with incidents where people report um, thefts or break-ins, etc., which is always very unfortunate. But a key part of what we do, Jennifer, in our role is to advise in terms of crime prevention. Mm. And uh, it's a very important thing that we, we we have to do all the time. And even when we go to crimes, we take... We give people advice in terms of how to improve things. Um, All all of our personal property is very very important to us and and we put a lot of time and investment into them. we all have homes uh, in some shape or form and uh, a lot of homes have alarms and you'd be surprised the amount of people that we go to that have alarms and they don't actually turn them on. Mm. So, you know, that's a very basic thing. If you're putting uh, cost into uh, uh, providing an alarm, uh, it's important that you, number one, uh, turn it on, number two, that you maintain it and that if there's any issues with it that, that they're addressed in terms of faults, etc., because they do go off uh, and ha- are, are problematic. But it, first of all, it's important that, that 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 we use them Uh, and that gives an an element of protection to all our homes and what we're doing. a lot of people have cars and to get about, um, and it obviously it's important that when we put property into cars, whether we're on our day-to-day business, but certainly when we're on holidays, that it's out of the sight of anybody that might be passing. So I wouldn't advise people to have stuff in the boot, or sorry, in the back seats or in the passenger wells or on the seats. It's important that you either take it away with you and put it into your home, or at least make sure that there's nothing visible in the car that could be tempting the people that might be wanting to take advantage Mm. Um, I've done an analysis of uh unfortunately a number of thefts have occurred in cars in the last year or so. And um uh, I have found that up to forty percent of the cars that have been broken into have been re- as a result of people not locking their cars. Unbelievably, <laughs> that's very very high, Jennifer. Wow. You know that's a so that's a, again a key message from today. I, I, yes, with your homes, but equally with your vehicles. Mm. You know it's important that they're properly locked and secured. Uh, people with vans etc. that are tradesmen obviously should in- encourage about in- strengthening the locks on their vehicles. Um, but certainly the basic measure is to make sure that when we leave that at night that the stuff that we have or use during the day whether it's our phone or sunglasses a few 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 euros in the in the passenger well or something you know or the driver's well uh, make sure they're out of sight taken away and that the, the car is locked and speaking
0: of phones social media there is a general rule well a, a, a mindset that we are in an age where we do overshare a lot of things now uh, would you agree that for a lot of people that promoting that you're going away on Facebook or maybe saying it on you know various
3: social media is is a bit of a, a no, no 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 look yes social media is very useful but certainly publicising those type of things can be taken advantage by some people mm. and you don't know when you, you're publishing that information online where or who is seeing it mm. so our advice is to keep that close to the family or your friends that are, no, that are available and general good advice to, for us is that we actually keep a register of people who are away so for example the community guards can, if they know that a certain person is away they, on their patrols, they could keep an eye on the location. And uh, equally important, that if they're away, that they give us the contact details of who the keyholder is. So, if there was uh, to be an unfortunate incident or the alarm goes off, then we have a record of where uh, or who that person might be, so we can give them a call and, you know, turn off the alarm or check out the house, etc. And uh, that would give the the people some reassurance. So, at the end, I'll, I'll give you our email address for people at, at local. Locally, who want yeah. to avail of that service or it might be just as simple as calling into the guard station or giving them a call and saying look here's my name, my address I'm away from X or Y and if, if there's any issues here's the person that might be dealing with it so we do offer that service to people which we, they
0: might not be aware they of they are probably know? not yeah. aware of it you're right yeah. Jennifer
3: so again this is a good opportunity to let people away, aware of that facility
0: and I think especially with you know older people like there's a, a, a lot of older people that live in Ringsent in uh, and Irish town area that it would give them that extra layer a sense of safety that you know they do may feel slightly vulnerable about you know leaving the home in that way and that would just give them that extra reassurance
3: Absolutely and look even if they don't contact the guards at least they have somebody in mind that if something goes wrong that they can pick up the phone to if they're lying on a nice beach in Spain or something (laughs) that they can ring somebody and ask them to check it out for them and if it needs support from us then they can ring the guards and we can come and you know follow it up for them as well but I'm just saying that the the vacant house registers we call it or, or the facility to record that is available to members of the public if they wish.
0: Mm. And we were talking there about cars and car safety there but also bikes. Bikes are a massive deal for a a lot of people and there's a lot of bike
3: robbery I would say. There's unfortunately a lot of bike thefts. Yeah, we have a lot of transient people here in terms of movement and placement around the area. We have a lot of people using bikes to get around, to shop, to go to work, to go to the the dart stations, etc. And uh, unfortunately we do have people who prey on that uh, in terms of taking bikes. Uh, And similarly again, similar to vehicles, unfortunately, uh, Jennifer, our, our statistics find that we have a significant number of bikes who are being left unlocked, ah. whether that be in the gardens of homes or just left for a few minutes and mm. rushing into something or rushing into a shop. Unfortunately, we've again up to 40 to 50 percent of the bikes that have been taken are, are, are unsecured. Okay. So again, uh, our advice is that people should spend a minimum of 10 percent on the value of the bike. On a lock or locks, mm. multiple locks is more prefer- preferable. So, um, uh, and that's people might think that's that's a lot, but I think certainly it's worth the investment because you can buy a lock for twenty euros, but it's very easily taken. Then, exactly. so it's important that that there's a proper investment. Uh, like bikes are not cheap; you can spend a thousand euros, you can spend ten thousand euros on a bike. So, it's important that the appropriate security measures are in place. So, uh, at home, bring it inside. In a secure place. If it's in a shed, you know, make sure the shed is locked, etc. That there's possibly good lighting, good locks on the shed, etc. That it's secure. I, even inside the shed, make sure that it's locked. Because the more inconvenience you can give to somebody who's trying to take it, mm. the harder it'll be. The quicker they might go and, and do something else. So, again, that's a good good some good advice. Hopefully, in terms of people using bikes.
0: And do you get a lot of bikes back? do you get yes. A lot of returns on
3: bikes. Yeah, or? yeah, we do. Every as late, late as last night, there was somebody arrested in, uh, in the Donny area on a stolen pedal cycle so what i'm saying is uh, uh, very very regularly we have people who are intercepted on stolen bikes or we have bikes that are recovered for various reasons uh, we do our best to uh, get those bikes back to people but unfortunately a lot of people don't even record the basics of the serial number on the on the bikes yeah so again that's an important security measure to uh, record it somewhere safe that if it is stolen or the guards are checking up on it because when we recover it it's the first source we go to what's the serial number and when when, it, when we take in property uh, uh, no matter what part of the country it is we uh, record the serial number on our system and we can match that back then to any possible reports of a theft or whatever and then that makes it easier for us to get uh, the property back to people and, uh,
0: and do they have serial numbers on electric scooters because I know they're so popular and you see them all over Ringsend and Irishman
3: yeah my understanding is they do okay. everything really even cars they all have their unique, unique uh, vehicle registration number or not the registration numbers but uh, engine numbers so uh, there is something unique in terms of a serial number on all of those of devices so um, but e- even uh, I'll come back to uh, crime prevention advice uh, one of the things that we can offer to the community is um, a vice, uh, property marking system it's like effectively an engraving system that we can put onto property and the guards mm-hmm. can be contacted in Irish Town or Donnybrook to do that for them we did it We did it recently in UCD with uh, UCD um, students they brought their bike or any other property and we can put a specific engraving onto the property which marks it as unique to that individual so it could be it could be anything from a postcode to something specific to that individual so if it's stopped they will recognise that that marking is theirs and it gives them an idea so they could photograph it in advance you know and have it there as a record of their own property and then uh, we could match it back to that individual much quicker so there's ways and means but it's just about using that and again that's a service that we can provide uh, through, through Donnybrook or Irish Tom Garlick.
0: and that's it it's about knowing that that service is there so I mean yes. if, if that is a case that people can do that and they're aware that they can do that that's a great resource thing you do have again
3: yeah that's available and again a key part of our community policing and our crime prevention measures
0: and community wise uh, we are all very close to the Tree Arena also yeah. we're close to the Aviva as well and the RDS yeah. and with gigs and sporting events just stepping up now as I said we're going back to normal life in the very commas um, is that another part of crime prevention as well as around these crowds actually coming into the area itself
3: yes absolutely a key part of my job is to make sure that uh, I'm not responsible for the tree arena but in this area yes on this side of the river I have uh, the RDS we have events in the UCD uh, we have events in here in Irish town but equally the biggest one is probably the Viva mm. Stadium you're right so for the last number of weeks we'd have events there with rugby games we have some soccer games coming up in June. And we also have four concerts coming up there um, uh, between end of June and start of July. So it is important for me when I put a plan in place that I have sufficient guards there to get people to the event safely, deal with them during the event, and equally get them home safely. But our presence there is a key part of uh, of that, but equally of the crime prevention measures. So having guards on the on the junctions or on patrol in the area, trying to prevent drunkenness or trying to prevent thefts, uh, is a key part of what we do. And I put out extra patrols for those uh, events because it draws a lot of extra people into mm. the area. But Again, glad to report to the local residents that the level of crime for those incidents is very 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 low possibly due to the policing presence fine that's great but equally it's about the proactive nature of what we're doing to ensure that people can be safe Mm. around all of those events.
0: And I think a lot of people are now well growing up here they're used to it and they're used to that knowing the presence is there as well and they can call on there's always a good guard presence for those Uh,
3: There is and look I'd like that all the time but unfortunately when you're bringing 40 or 50 thousand people into a very small area it's important for me that this necessary supports there sometimes it's inconvenience to residents in terms of road closures uh, and types of things like that but there's a lot of people come to the area they're providing good uh, you know businesses are are benefiting it is a bit of an inconvenience for some from some residents but we try to work around those inconveniences and get people through as best we can but by the nature of bringing that number of people into a very small confined area unfortunately there will be some inconvenience from time to time. Mm.
0: And community policing in general, how important is that in obviously an area like this from a day-to-day perspective?
3: It's very, very important, Jennifer. Angardash um, Yukon is 100 years old this year. Uh, Angarda means Guardians of the Peace uh, and uh, we have a very unique name in terms of police but equally it's a very important function for what we do we police for and are of the community um, the community ethos that we have in Angarda uh, nationally but equally in this area is the bedrock of what we stand for uh, people mightn't realise this we we have a satisfaction rating in on average between 80 and 90% that is unheard of internationally in terms of other police forces. So that's only grounded on the goodwill and the nature of the experiences and and what we do with our dealings with our people here. So there's generally very good respect for the guards here and equally we have good respect for the community. Um, So it's very, very important that we have Good community relationships. Um, we have response cars out every day. We have patrols out every day. But equally, uh, I've committed uh, and I'm recommitting to community policing in Irish Town and Donnybrook by uh, having permanent guards in the community policing unit. And I'm hoping to increase that. We've lost some people due to retirements and transfers in the last couple of months. But I'm hoping in the next before the summer is out to increase the number of, of guards in our community policing units here in Irish Town and Donnybrook mm-hmm. to. Re- reinforce that message of the need and the importance of community policing in our area. The guards and community policing do a range of things some that mightn't people mightn't even be aware of aside from the patrols. I mean they're involved in school visits, they're involved in street night leagues, they're involved in the boxing club here, they're involved in uh, numerous other activities involving um, the elderly community during Covid we delivered close to 11,000 hot meals for the guts of two years to various vulnerable people around the community every day our community guards were delivering in conjunction with DCC and other agencies hot meals and things like that around the area we do guard clinics in hospitals in UCD so we do drop-in facilities there um, we have open days in the Garda station uh, unfortunately not during COVID but we're hoping to have them back this autumn um, we have um, neighbourhood watch schemes we have hospital watch schemes we have business watch schemes all of those are part of what we do throughout our community. Mm. Um, we link in with various other groups. Uh, this, um, you know, we have uh, the Sikh community here in Sandymount We have the Islamic Cultural Centre in Kanski. They're all part of this area. But we link into all of those people, other groups, such as um, there are the Sea Scouts here. Uh, I'd like to mention them in particular because they were actually successful in our divisional youth awards um, a couple of years ago. Um, so we, that's another factor of what we do in the area. We, we, we um, have youth awards in this division every year where we uh, mark the achievements of young people in the various roles that they're doing within the community. Uh, and some of that is gardening, some of it's not. It's some work that they're doing independently, which is benefiting the community. So they're all just a range of different things that the guards in both Irish time and Donny are doing on a daily basis.
0: So, there's so many different aspects to it that maybe uh, people didn't realise that you were involved, that are involved in so many different parts of the community. And is there a drive now, really, as you were saying, because there's retirements coming up, is there a drive now for new recruits um, and diverse
3: recruits, as we were talking about? There is, and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, we've just had a recruitment campaign. It finished there in in March. Uh, It was a very short window, but it was uh, publicised nationally. And a part of that was that we were reaching out to diverse communities and we had some clinics and we had some um, drop-ins from various uh, groups Uh, and I'm glad to report that, uh, albeit they're still in the application phase, um, nationally the amount of people who applied from diverse groups has uh, increased significantly. So hopefully that will replicate into people joining Angara Shikana who are from diverse groups. But we have people from diverse groups in this area. We have people from uh, various parts of Europe, uh, China. um, and, uh, and further afield, um, in, even in my own office, I have a lady from Brazil and Moldova working with me. So we have a lot of uh, diversity within um, the organization, but equally locally. So it's very important that we encourage that and we do encourage that and hopefully that will increase over time.
0: Yeah, because as we were saying, like I've said this before on the show, like our community is changing on development and, and just to be able to see that across the board, uh, as I said, in authority figures, etc., is just
3: so helpful very 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 important and, yeah. and i'd like to mention something else as well in terms of local input uh, we we're part of the local policing fora here which is part of the jpc the joint police committee for uh, the southeast area in dublin city council and uh, we have a permanent representative on that but i just want to give a shout out to people that that is also a means of trying to get their voice through policing and particular policing issues or other issues through the local policing fora uh, and i just would encourage that and that people could facilitate or be part of that and uh, and get, be, get involved.
0: Brilliant. So you've given us a lot of information today. So if anybody does want to check any of that out or if there are concerns, as I said, about safety concerns about going away in the summer or concerns about their property or, as I said, bikes, cars, etc. or just want to get involved you said there's drop-in centres and just need to have a chat with a local guard. Um, you said you had an email address? Or
3: yeah, well, yeah. they can certainly contact either Donnybrook or Irish Town Guard stations but certainly in terms of an email, it's a very simple one. It's Don- Donnybrook.community at garda.ie. Great. So So Donnybrook
0: dot community
3: dot, dot, is, dot is important, dot, is
0: important.
3: <laughs> dot community at Garda.ie and that will go directly to the community guards and we will follow up any particular information or uh, issue that comes in there we will follow it up directly with the individuals
0: brilliant or you can walk in yourself into our oh, stand, absolutely. station absolutely the station is open yeah.
3: 24 hours um, and be glad to assist in any any either inquiry or follow up or assistance that we can give to any member of the community we we'll would be absolutely delighted great
0: and we'll put that information on our website here or if you need to contact us ourselves we can pass on your details our email address is rickradio2020 at gmail.com that's r-i-c-c radio 2020 at gmail.com thanks so much for coming in
3: you're very welcome jennifer and i look forward to hopefully giving more opportunities in the future thank
0: you That's all from the Community News Desk this week. My thanks to my guests, Angela Deegan with Tobias Gunning and to Superintendent Tim Burke. And as always, thanks to Dylan and Daniel on sound. If you have any events you would like us to highlight for you, please contact us on rickradio2020 at gmail.com. That's i c 2020 at gmail.com. If you could allow two weeks beforehand for publicising any of your events, because as it said, this podcast is pre-recorded. From me, Jennifer Gannon, have a great week, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week.